Hey everyone, Cooper here, host of the fine podcast you're about to listen to. Now I just wanted to give you a quick note on what you're about to hear. So you have clicked on one of our early episodes, and when we recorded these, we were very new to podcasting and talking about books. All we did was sit down, press record, and talk about books we had read. And that means that some of our episodes might be a little rough in this early era. Now, I'm sure we've said some things that were really good, and we also said some things that are probably maybe not so good. But anyway, we wanted to leave these up because I don't really believe in messing with old episodes. And also, you can see how far we've come and how much better we've gotten in discussing an immaturity and wisdom sense. So, with that out of the way, enjoy this early episode of BookNet. Coming up next in our first ever episode, Book and It Reads, The Hobbit. Hi everyone and thanks for listening. I'm your humble and eloquent host, Cooper Cobbs. Joining me today are our three panelists, Matthew Killingsworth, Tana Lewis, and Isaiah Radsky. Now you may be asking yourself, why would four Christian homeschoolers want to start a podcast? All four of us love reading books and discussing those books, so we thought, why not let other people listen to our discussions and debates? And we decided on podcasting to do this because we found that the best way to let you guys, our listeners, share our fun experiences. We also wanted to start a podcast because this would help us read books and discuss them and hold them up to the standards of the Bible to see if they are worth reading. Now, before we get started discussing The Hobbit, how about we play a little game to introduce ourselves? These are the three questions I'm going to ask every one of you guys. What is your favorite book? What is your favorite movie that was first a book? And what is your favorite ice cream flavor? So, Matthew, let's start with you. Um, My favorite book is The River by Michael Neal. Um, My favorite movie that was first a book would be probably Narnia. And my favorite ice cream flavor would be cookies and cream. Any particular, is it like Bluebell? Well, yeah, I mean... We live in Texas, so like, what else would it be? Alrighty, Tanner, what about you? What's your favorite book and everything else? My favorite book would most likely be The Mapmaker Chronicles Book 3, Breath of the Dragon by A.L. Tate. And my favorite ice cream flavor would be Cookie Two-Step. And my favorite movie that was first a book would be The Voyage of the Dawn Shutter. Nice. Dude, two Narnia movies. Gosh. Alright, Isaiah, you can go ahead now. My favorite book is Harry Potter 4, The Goblet of Fire. My favorite movie that was first a book is The Hunger Games 2. And my favorite ice cream flavor is mint chocolate chip. And Cooper? Ah, I was waiting there. Good job, Matthew. One point for you. So my favorite book is probably Once Was a Time by Layla Sales. Uh, My favorite movie that was first a book. It's a tough one, but I have to go with The Princess Bride. That's just, it's a great movie. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a book. Yeah, it was. Fun fun fact, I actually watched that last Friday. Was it good? Just came out it just came out on Disney, yes, it was amazing. Of course it was. Sorry I asked that again. I'm sorry, it wasn't amazing. It was inconceivable. Inconceivably great. Alright. My favorite ice cream flavor is definitely mint chocolate chip. There is really there's no competition. I don't know why you guys pick other than mint chocolate chip. I mean cookies and cream though. It's a close fifth. It's a close fifth. Fifth. Somewhere around there. Alrighty, let's get into discussing the book. So, Matthew, the portion that you have read so far, did you like it better this time, the first time you read it? I definitely have liked it better so far the second time. 
And what was it about the second time? What was it about? Um, well, I'm three years older than I was, so I probably understand it better. I don't know. I guess I just respect a good writer more now. Now that I've got, we had to write those stories last year for school, I guess I respect someone who can write well and write a whole book well. All right, Tanner, Matthew talked about Tolkien's style as a writer, but what is so great about Tolkien's style compared to other writers? I think the reason that Tolkien's style is so notable is because of how many adjectives and adverbs you see in his writing. It's everywhere. Using them, he makes you feel what Bilbo feels, hear what he hears, and see what he sees. An example that I can think of this is I was reading it. It's when they're being led by the goblins down, and I just, there was a great sentence. I don't think I can find it right now, but it was just a really cool use of adverbs and adjectives. Um, is there anything else, though, about his style that just makes it so cool to read? I think it would most likely be his use of the present future tense, in which he shows you... He tells the story in the present tense while showing you what's going to happen using a narrator-type style. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about the narrator-type style. It's really like he's just sitting by the fire and is telling his grandkids a story. It's just, you know, it's incredible just to hear, I mean, just to see the style. I mean, nobody's ever really going to be as great as Tolkien at doing that. Uh, maybe that's why I like The Hobbit better than The Lord of the Rings. It's just the laid-back style. Cause Lord of the Rings is it's a lot denser, I guess. This one's against the kids' books, so it's a little bit lighthearted. But I think that his style is just incredible with the way he does it. So have we, have we all seen the movies, though, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yep. Not all... So, Matthew, do you think that the movies, do they capture the book? Never. Movies never do. I think we can, yeah, most movies, they really don't. But Isaiah, do you think that they capture the book, Tanner? I mean, they kind of do better than some other movies that were first the book, but they still don't fully capture it. Yeah. I mean, they do add a lot, though, which is kind of annoying. They had to add a dwarf elvish love story, which I was kind of mad about. they also put Legolas in there. He's not in the books at all, and then he's almost a main character in the movies. I did like the little quip, though, about Gimli. I thought that was kind of funny, but that was pretty much... That was. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to the book. Does he kind of set up Middle-earth very well? Does it it seem as big as it does in Lord of the Rings, or is it kind of small in The Hobbit? I would say that it's much smaller. Definitely. And why does it feel smaller? Because it is legitimately smaller than in The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, I was going to bring this up later, but literally, in one chapter, they get farther on their journey than... The Fellowship of the Ring does in literally the first half of the book. Literally. Like, no joke, they make it to Rivendell, and that's the end of the first half of the book. Yeah, I know. And it's just like... Is that is that lazy writing that it takes them so long to get there, or is it just... Is it necessary to skip over it? I think it's okay skipping over it, because he already... Token already explained everything, like, their road, the path there, and everything like that in Lord of the Rings. And then, I guess, not much happened on the way to Rivendell for in The Hobbit. That's true, I guess that wasn't part of the book yeah versus lord of the rings where so much happens between uh, the hobbit hole and uh, rivendell and also he's setting up characters during that time yeah the first chapter i know that it's not the best chapter it's pretty slow um but does it give you just kind of a a good setup matthew for the novel i mean yeah without that first chapter it'd be kind of hard to understand a lot of it definitely yeah it's definitely the longest chapter too i think it's the longest chapter yeah i think so it might be but in that chapter is the single best poem in a book. It was okay. Okay, no, I'm joking. The Misty Mountains actually, it's pretty good. Is it too much? Is it too much to add that many verses of poetry to that? Yeah. 
I don't know. I haven't heard any other poems in the book yet, so there's been a couple, I guess. But I mean, the, there's a couple of verses that are they're pretty they're pretty cool. But I just I feel like he puts too much poetry in there anyway. Tanner, what do you, what do you think about the poetry? I enjoy the poetry. I think that it really helps describe the world that they're in, and that the poetry helps show you how poetic the world is and how poetic everyone in the world is. Sometimes it is. So, you know, there's a couple of times like uh you know in flies and spiders where Bilbo made something up on the run. He's like, not very good. I'm like, Tolkien, please don't make your poetry better than it needs to be, okay? I thought it was kind of unnecessary. He, he literally was just like, not very good, perhaps. And I'm just like... People man. aren't poetic. I know. Uh, but the poem in the movie, when they when they sing it, I guess it's technically a song, isn't it? But I thought it was pretty cool. I thought that was a good part of the movie. One of the mm-hmm. best parts of the first movie was when they sing that song. Does anybody else think that? Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool in the movie. Yeah, I like it better. Definitely. Than in the book. I agree. Yeah, I just liked having it set, having actual music set to it so that I could help and visualize it. Yeah, they did a really good job with that. Um, Mom started reading The Hobbit out loud a few days ago, and I, I sang a little bit of the poem for the girls the other day, and... I don't know why you're not laughing because you know I can't sing very well. But they actually they actually didn't think it was it was that bad. It was that bad. Yeah. So and the first chapter we agreed is a good setup. It's a little bit boring. And then you know we move and he's he's on his adventure and he thinks adventures aren't that bad until there's no food. I I don't know about you guys, but there's so many times where it seems like they're out of food and then magically they get to a place where there's more food. Yeah, I know. It's like super weird though because it happens like probably five to ten times in the book. Yeah. Where they have so much food, then the next day it says they're out because they lost it. And then all of a sudden it just appears or something like that. Yeah, Bjorn's house. It is a land of magic (laughs) and wizards and dragons. Yes, that's true. It is, Matthew. I'm very good that you realized that. Speaking of Isaiah, what would happen like all the time, you know, like the captain four or five times, like we said. And also, Bilbo was like, not for the last time. He says that quite a bit. I know. It's true. Or he thinks it. Tanner, is is that is that too much? Does Tolkien use that line too much? I don't think so. I think that's just his style of writing once more. I think so. I think that's just the way he writes in his narrative type way. That's definitely a good part of his, you know, laid back, easy style. But Matthew you said that you did not like it. Why, why did you not like it? I didn't say I didn't like it. I just think it's, he doesn't need to use the same catchphrase like four times in the same book. Yeah. I mean, even with anything, even if it's catchy. But if you say something like, not for the last time, you would expect to have him repeat it because it's not for the last time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he says it at least five times. I don't know if we really need to hear that over and over again, but I agree with Tander. It's kind of a cool cool kind of thing of his style. Uh, anything you guys want to say about Rivendell? Was that cool? They didn't really describe it a lot. In the book. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings, I guess you can kind of feel Rivendell. You can see, you know, why no one would want to leave it. And it's a lot better in the Lord of the Rings than it is in The Hobbit. But they do spend a lot more time at Rivendell. Matthew, what do you think about Rivendell? Like the place? Like that's the place where the elves were, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's different than the movies. That's the first thing I thought of when I read it. Yes. I mean, the, more recently I've seen the movies than I have read the book. So, you know, it was like kind of all fancy. <laughs> and like there was like all the elves were like shiny, perfect looking human type things and there's like white wizards and stuff and then like in the book i don't know they just all sound like older and there's like not the one character i don't know it's just like way different that's all i could think of whenever i was reading about it yeah i remember the hobbit for the first time and i thought it was 
really just yeah it wasn't very fancy in the movies it, i guess they had to make it grand and everything but yeah the book has it a little differently so mm-hmm. chapter four Overhill and underhill i just i was gonna say it later on i think that i should say it now tolkien is just very good at chapter titles okay definitely like his chapter titles are probably the best. And Lord of the Rings especially. Matthew, don't you dare say Harry Potter has better title chapters. Chapter titles. I wasn't gonna. Good, good. Because, you know, out of the frying pan, into the fire, there's a good chapter. You know, just the choices of Master Samwise and Lord of the Rings. There's just a lot of good chapter titles out there. Tanner, what do you think about Tolkien's chapter titles? I enjoy them. I think they're witty, and I think they really capture the uh, chapter well. Witty? Overhill and underhill? How's that witty? Yeah, witty. I kind of agree with Matthew on this. Matthew, you have no respect. I just don't understand. Riddles in the dark? How is that witty, Tanner? Out of the frying pan and into the fire, people. How is that witty? A short rest. So, okay, some of them are witty, some of them are not. Roast mutton. Okay, that that's actually not bad. An unexpected party is good. Queer lodgings. Okay, okay, let's, let's, actually, I need to go a back. A warm to... welcome. Okay, Matthew, we can, we can stop doing Not now. at home. All right, I'll stop. Okay, so I, I I forgot. Let me just circle back to the trolls here. Um, you know, like I said, mom was reading it out loud to my sisters, and well, reading. I forgot to tell her that she may need to screen it just a little bit. And it is this the slang, the disgustingness. Tolkien says they did not talk drawing room appropriately, and I thought that was pretty witty. <laughs> okay, I'll give him that. It wasn't a chapter title though. Like I said earlier, I really like Tolkien's description of the goblins going down, and there's a little song there, Matthew, for you. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the Goblin Cave was it was very, very well written. It was dark and it was creepy. Uh, Isaiah Tanner, you read The Lord of the Rings. Minds of Moria is the Minds of Moria better or is the Goblin Tunnels better? I'd have to go with the Goblin Tunnels. I have to disagree. I enjoy um the Minds of Moria better. Why do you guys feel that way? I probably like it better because I actually remember it more because it's fresh in my mind. I haven't read Lord of the Rings in like two years. Tanner, what about you? I just think the Minds of Moria have a bit more description to them and a bit more of that essence of danger versus the Goblin Tunnels. I could see that, yeah. The the pressure is on, the uh, excitement, even though I haven't read it. The dread. Maybe not excitement, I don't know. Anyway, so we go and we go in to the the underground lake with Gollum. I love this chapter. I've stumped so many people with these riddles. <laughs> I hate this chapter on the movie, though, because Gollum is just so annoying. He's literally Jar Jar Binks of The Hobbit. It's so true, though. <laughs> that's, that's a good quote right there. But Andy Serkis, his voice for Gollum, that's pretty great, though. Come on. Yeah, that's true, but it gets annoying after, like, forever. Yeah. Uh, how, what, what are you guys' favorite riddle? What's your favorite riddle in this one? Oh, gosh, I can't even remember any of them. Hold on a second. You can you can turn to the chapter. Mine would be the time riddle. Time, yeah, that's what's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, that's probably the best one. Oh yeah, wait, I remember, I remember the egg one. Yeah, I asked Matthew that one before he'd read the Hobbit, and he didn't know. I've stumped so many people with the egg. The egg one's it's the one I've used the most. It's probably not my favorite, but I like it a lot. Is it? What about you? Did you, did you say time? Um, mine would have to be uh the wind one. That one's cl- all these are pretty clever. I've never gotten the sun on the daisies one. Yeah. I've tried very hard and. I can kind of see it, but did you guys get that riddle? Which one? Where the one Bill made up, he's like an eye in a high place, an eye in a low place. This eye is like that eye or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one That one is confusing. Yeah, I just I just love that Tolkien thinks that Gollum just respects the riddle game. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I love riddles. It's, I'm going to uphold my honor to the riddle game. He literally has a whole preface about, like, did Bilbo or Bilbo not break the rules of the riddle game? Like, this guy is just awesome. He's a total nerd. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> so 
this is also a pretty dark spot. Um, I think the Mods of Moria, though, I think it's still better than the Dark Lake. So, I guess we're out of Frying Pan and into the fire now. So, first of all, I know it's a kid's book, but I really do not think that the dwarf should have believed Bilbo and his little story that he told without the ring. I know. I'm just like, guys, he, he's literally lived there for, like, hundreds of years. He could see in the dark like 10 times better than Bilbo in anyway. Hold on, I gotta say something really fast. Okay, so our fourth person in the podcast, Tanner, he had to go. Just letting you guys know if you're wondering where he is. Dang it, I was gonna tell him that he blew up. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. No, Tanner's right. He had to, he had to go. Um, he'll definitely be back next week, just if, if you missed him. So, uh, yeah. Resume, talking about the book. So, the eagles come, and they save the dwarves, Bilbo, and even Gandalf. Now, listen, guys. I know this is going to be controversy, but you can you can see the question, who will save the eagles? We talked about Lobout earlier, how whenever they run out of food, there's magically something happens to give them food, right? The eagles have been the scrutiny of Tolkien for, like, forever. Yep. You know, basically, why don't they just take, the eagles take Thorin and the company to the mountain and then just peck out Smog's eyes and make getting the treasure back that much easier, huh? Why does Tolkien not do that, Matthew? Because he wanted to write a longer book. Exactly. There wouldn't be a story without it. But do you think that he made a mistake in adding the eagles, Isaiah? No, I think they're kind of cool. I mean, he could have used them, like you said, and made it way easier. Like, even in Lord of the Rings, just have the eagles uh, fly over and drop the ring into the into the volcano. But no one would read a book where it's just that. And I don't necessarily think the eagles are a bad thing. I just think he should have, like, made a reason why they couldn't go all the way. Or, like, said something like, it's a legend known to everybody in the country that eagles get tired after this long and they had to them down or like everyone in their like he could have made up a story like everyone in their lifetime is allowed one certain amount of time ride on the okay that's kind of like something like he could he could have made anything he he did i mean he said some people can shoot you know bows at us and it was like listen guys (laughs) that's even lamer than what i said that's the best you could come up with (laughs) okay first of all matthew it's better than you only get one ride on eagle or certain amount of time. Okay, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but I agree. Whatever, you know what I mean. Like in the Lord of the Rings, he literally flew to Saruman's tower and picked up Gandalf. He's like, oh man, a little man with a little bow is going to kill me. I haven't read Lord of the Rings. I know, we've been talking about it a lot. You need to read them. By the way, guys, if you want us to read Lord of the Rings, go to patreon.com forward slash book in it. You get us to, was it $75 a month? We read Lord of the Rings. Anyway, I actually enjoyed, one of my favorite chapters in The Fellowship of the Ring is when he's literally explaining all of the ways that would be easier for them to get destroy the ring, but why they don't actually work, you know? And this is actually one of my favorite chapters, uh, just because of the lore. But I've just, I just kind of had to chuckle, like, Tolkien, you tried so hard, didn't you, to get rid of the eagles, but... And literally, I just finished reading, rereading Lord of the Rings again. He literally, you haven't read it, and I, I don't want to spoil it for our listeners, but basically, he uses the eagles to get them out after the, a big thing has happened, and not before. Like, the eagle literally flies into Mordor, anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the person who is like, you know, I'm not mad that he put them in there, but I'm just like, I think you could have found a better way to explain them away. Or just done something else. But, uh, anyway, yeah. The, uh, the Eagles, they're, they're not great, but Tolkien, he's just, he's not great at writing characters, is he? Tell me about Thorin. Give me some characteristics of Thorin. He's a dude. Selfish. Greedy. No, like, like, like I guess, yeah, Matthew, see, see, see what he's doing, Matthew? He's Try got it. a beard. He likes food. No, <laughs> not like physical, like psychological attributes. Oh, um, he's hungry. <sighs> That's not psychological, that is physical. He's hungry for money, power, 
fame. Dang, I never thought I'd say without talk Matthew on this podcast, but it's happening, people. Well, he's like, he thinks he's the best because his dad and grandpa were kings and stuff, and so he's a kind of a king, but he's got like a lame kingdom because he got overtaken by a dragon, so he's kind of greedy to get it back. That's true. But, like, imagine the Hunger Games, okay? I'm sorry I'm bringing the Hunger Games into this, guys. To our listeners, I'm sorry about that. Um... But it is told in first person, so you do get, like, a bit more of a glimpse into the character. But do you think that Katniss is more well-drawn than, let's just say, Bilbo? Is she more well-drawn than Bilbo? Does she have more characteristics? More characteristics? Is she, like, a deeper character? We definitely know about more. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, definitely a deeper character. Um, but even, like, some of the side characters, like, you get into more. You get, you know, some time explaining them. Like, the dwarves, they get, like, one... Some, some of them get one characteristic, and that's it. Bomber is fat and tired. That's it. Dory's really a nice fellow, and that's pretty much it, you know. There's one, two lines of, like, they like Mills often, but, you know, that's pretty much it. And Lord of the Rings, too. See, honestly, that's why I have so much trouble remembering everybody's names, because he throws out in the first chapter about, like, 25 different characters. I know. And I can't remember them all, because, like, they're all exactly the same, I feel like. There's, like, a wizard, a midget. And like <laughs> 400 dwarfs. And they all have names that either rhyme with each other or start with the same letter. So confusing. Yeah, I mean... Pretty much. Just, even in The Lord of the Rings, like, all of the, like, kings or, like, the big men, even Aragorn, they're, like, drawn the same, you know? Like, literally, me and Isaiah yeah. would, you know, Isaiah loves to point out this fact that he spends two pages in Lord of the Rings describing them <laughs> walking through a cornfield. We've all heard that before. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, you can't spend two pages describing the main character. Um, we all agree, Tolkien's a very great description... Very great at writing dialogue. Just when it comes to characters... He kind of slacks off. I was watching some writing videos earlier today. Not earlier today, last week. And the first lesson was about description. Like, Tolkien, he nailed that. The second one was about world building. Tolkien's, like, legendary, like, the best at world building, right? His, like, I've said it before. His world is literally, like, more well drawn out than the, our world, almost. Like, it's literally that deep. He's made languages. It's insane dialogue he's really great at that but his characters like he just i I don't know what it is it's like he got tired after doing all that and then just kind of gave up he's done so much work in other areas yeah he he ran out of time or just doesn't care as much after all that is there a person do you think they enjoy spending more time with the world and building the world than they do the characters i'm sure some do like tolkien but i don't think most do if that was your question i guess a lot of the modern ones don't how about c.s lewis I think that he spins, like, he does have a great world, and the world is cool Narnia and stuff, and, like, all those other worlds and weird stuff, and, like, magicians and stuff. But, like, I think he cares more about the characters, because he uses them to, like, represent a real story, mm-hmm. and, like, reflect the story of Jesus and stuff. So, I think he spent more time on the characters, and I think he did a good job building the characters, even better than the world, because, like, I, f- I feel like I still don't understand the world as much as I should, probably. Not like Tanner does or anything. Yeah. Did you have anything to say about that? Uh, no. Yeah. Nice. So, again, we return to the movies. Um, The Ring, you know, I guess we're kind of going back a little bit here when he's telling the story, but The Ring, he, you know, anyway, how do I say this? Dude, like, he revealed The Ring in the book, like, a lot more in the movie. Have you guys noticed that? I know you're not as far on as... You know, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You didn't really know anything about the ring, except that it made you invisible in the movie. Yeah, that's true. But, like, Gandalf, he's he's on to him from the beginning. I love Gandalf. Gandalf's awesome. Yeah. Is there a better Is there a better wizard in books? Is there? Is there? Are, you, are you asking 
Uh, no, Dumbledore's Dumbledore. a ripoff of Gandalf. I'm not going to let you say that. No, I think Gandalf's a ripoff of Dumbledore. Thank you. Then why did Gandalf become like 80 years before Dumbledore? Maybe it was 70 years, 60. They're so different, though. Yeah. You can't call him a ripoff. It's not like they're trying to make the same character. Go, what's different about Dumbledore? He's like always in control of everything. He's always like seven steps ahead of everybody. Gandalf is like in action. It's It's like, okay. There's, like, normal people, like, the dwarfs who are, like, fighting and stuff, and, like, he's, like, he also does that, but he just does it better than them because he's, like, way cooler, and, like, he could pull off sunglasses, and, like, he has a staff that's magical and stuff, and he also doesn't even have as much magic as Dumbledore or as much wisdom, and Dumbledore is just, like, over there. Wisdom, really? Is over there making mega plans, understand, like, he understood, like, predicted, like, the next 15 years from the point where Harry was scarred, like, he, he... created this mega plan that ended up defeating the like most evil person in the whole history of the world and he like was you what you was it who said that gandalf was a ripoff of dumbledore Mm -hmm. yeah that is profanity that is completely wrong you can say that but you ain't got no proof bubba because first of all to be a ripoff it has to come after and gandalf came way before dumbledore Way Look, before. I don't think either of them were a ripoff of an, of the other one because they're both very different. Matthew, people. every single fantasy writer in the whole wide world longs to be Tolkien. Do you deny that? What? I'm saying every fantasy writer they want to be Tolkien. Like his style, his writing. Is that false? Really? I can agree with that. How, yeah. How do you know that? Have you talked to every single fantasy writer? In the Let whole me just say it this way: Is Tolkien the best fantasy writer ever? I don't know. I've only read like half of one of his books. Is, is he? Is he though? Do you think so? Probably Who not. Who do you think is? I don't know. Maybe C.S. Lewis. Isaiah, do you think C.S. Lewis is better than Tolkien? No, Tolkien's better. And do you think that, Isaiah, do you think that every writer uh, aspires to be Tolkien? Well, at least most of them do. I mean... I don't I don't think it's fair to say everyone because you haven't talked to okay. everyone or any of them. Yeah. I mean, I know for, from experience that it's a lot easier to write in descriptions. So that's why they'd probably like to be Tolkien because Tolkien did a lot of descriptions. Yeah. Uh, it's harder to read them, though. So all the readers wouldn't like to, like, if you read his book, some people wouldn't like his books because of that. But if you were a writer, you'd love them. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead say, though, Tolkien, I think, or, let me say, I think Rowling copied a lot from Tolkien. Uh, the Horcruxes are a lot. She copied a lot from The Lord of the Rings in that the rings are like the Horcruxes. And what about the Hollows? The Hollows? Huh? I guess that could be Aragorn's sword. I don't know. Look, I'm saying some, some of it. Some all right, let me ask you something. I'm just saying. If Harry Potter, if, if the dates of which Harry Potter and The Hobbit, or slash Lord of the Rings, were switched when they were written, would you say that The Hobbit was a ripoff of Harry Potter because everything's so similar? Yeah, I probably would. Okay, so then that's not even fair. That's literally a post-hoak, ergo propter hoke fallacy. After their part, that's literally... No, that's, that's not, that's not what the theft, do not taint the theft fallacy. Um, for all you listeners, if you didn't understand Matthew, it's okay, because I don't either, so... <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. that was latin for was it it was after this therefore because right. of so basically what matthew is saying is that because something came before another something that the previous something caused something which is what you're saying which is kind of what i'm saying i had to admit that it isn't like that but and, and you said and you even admitted that if they were switched you'd say it the other way so that's yeah but they're not switched and, and the hobbit and Rings came way before and i'm just saying that I so think which means you're you're committing a fallacy. But Matthew, Matthew, if what 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 I'm saying is, if the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings came out after the Harry Potter, like you were suggesting, Matthew, would you think the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings were rip off of? No. And why not? Because it's different. And in which ways? 
Would you call Gandalf a ripoff oh, of Dumbledore? No. Okay. Actually, I probably would. Oh, so are you committing the f- fallacy now? No, I'm not. Because right now, I because it doesn't work both ways. Sure, you are. You're saying you're saying what Cooper is pretty much no, saying. Because Gandalf's not as cool as Dumbledore. He can't rock the sunglasses as cool. If you know what I'm saying. It's true. Dumbledore. Dumbledore is a lot more powerful. Really, dude, Gandalf legit yeah. saved the whole stinking Middle Earth. Middle Earth. Yeah, and if Gandalf and Dumbledore had a duel, Dumbledore would crush him. Bro, Gandalf has like zero magical powers. Like literally, he uses magic like two times. In the words, in the words of Gandalf, "Do not think I am some conjurer of cheap tricks." Okay, that's yeah, legit he what he is. says. Yeah, he uses he barely uses it in but the like, books or the movies. Dumbledore just does whatever he wants super fast without even saying anything. Dumbledore is like, or Gandalf is like, I gotta okay. do his stuff okay. like two times in the whole book. When there's so many times he could use magic for stuff, like if if he was if they put Dumbledore in place of Gandalf, the mission would be solved so fast, like literally. A- Accio the dragon, Avada Kedavra. Ooh. But then Matthew, why is there why is why is there even a point to? putting Dumbledore in the story. It's just like the Eagles are all over again. He has to... I guess it, So exactly. I guess what I'm saying... You kind of got me corner here. What I'm saying is Gandalf is... Well, let's see this. Do you think that the Avengers are a ripoff of the no. DC Superman? Because they're different. Okay, that's true. But let's just say the Avengers did come after DC. Although so. I will I will say, I will say, Lisa, um, what's his face? Quicksilver. I, I think they kind of wanted Rip to put him Flash. in because yeah. Flash was so like popular and stuff. But like, Okay. What, what I'm trying to make with this point is... Superman is like lit, it's probably known as the first like superhero, right? Uh, no. What is? Who would you say is the first superhero, Matt? Pretty sure Superman was the first. The first superhero was um, Captain Marvel, but the DC Captain Marvel, that was who first, is now no, known as Shazam. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, Superman and Captain Marvel before DC owned. Can, well, let's 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 see. Okay, my point was the Avengers came after DC, so they were like the second okay. big superhero comic thing. But the Avengers characters mm, are more sure. down to earth, right? So, like, if you had Superman fighting some big guy, mm-hmm. you're like, Superman's gonna kick his butt in two seconds, right? The Avengers movie did a lot better, and they are a lot better because the characters are more relatable okay. and they have to work as a team, and the odds seem so overwhelming because they're not so overpowered. So, I'm saying is Gandalf. You see what I was going Except with? Except for Captain Marvel. Except for Captain Marvel, I agree. But Captain Marvel is terrible anyway. Gandalf is is basically more down to earth because he needs to be but you still feel that sense of like he's in control you know he's not gonna let anything happen even if he is not as powerful like you said as dumbledore but like as they like i say with captain marvel they literally had to make a ripoff of superman just so they could have a super hyped up superhero yeah right she's way too powerful so that's the same thing with that's the same thing with dumbledore he's you could say he's quote unquote way more powerful than gandalf Okay, you could say the same Captain Marvel with, you know, with Superman. How about we go back to the book? All right, Isaiah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you bring us back to the book. We'll we'll do a few more questions, then we'll call so it. So you think you get the final say, Me? huh? Whatever. All my listeners know what's real, and what's Cooper. Really, really. All right, All right on. So we'll go ahead and move on to queer lodgings. Is Bane Warren an interesting character? Do you guys think that he's an interesting character, or is he kind of a dud? I mean, he was kind of interesting, but he was also kind of pointless because anyone could have done what he did. Yeah, 
I guess he's Who? another Bayorn. Yeah, the bear changer. You got that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The skin changer. I guess he's he's like another eagle almost. Like we said, like Matthew said earlier, he's it's one of those magical food appear things. But it's also, you know, he appears in the battle of five armies and does some damage. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah. Tolkien. You dealt you were dealt some cards and you drew a lot more, okay bro? Use the cards you were given. Uh did you kinda of see that? Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you like the little part where Gandalf's telling the story? No. And why not? Not really. I mean, I don't think they needed to tell the story again. Because technically we just read it. They could have just said Gandalf told the story. Or told uh, what they yeah. went through and all their troubles. <laughs> I know, that's how I always feel. That is that is something I will say I like about J.K. Rowling. Because like, when I, when I used to read like other books and they would say like there was like a story that you had already heard because someone was telling somebody or like they were just explaining the beginning and then like someone tells someone else like three different times during the book i'm like i'm tired of reading the same thing but like in harry potter they're just like harry goes through all this stuff and like we already know about it because of the way it's written and then it's like harry told ron and hermione everything that just happened and i'm like thank you so much i'm gonna say two things about that number one that really bothers me because when i know the book is like a movie or is going to be a movie or i imagine as a movie Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is going to be a really long movie if they do yeah. that. Okay, to be fair, though, and the second thing, in this scenario, you normally are telling something to someone who has... Well, how is it? So basically, you're learning something new as a listener when somebody knows something that's telling another person. In this case, like you said, you already, he's already, you already know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I was also just kind of bothered by the fact that they're literally just strangers. And he's like, hi, come in, tell me a story, and I'll give you lots of food. And I'm just like, bro, that's that's not a good deal. I was kind of bothered by that the entire Actually, time. Actually, it is, though. <laughs> I'd do that. Yeah. If it wasn't poison yeah. food. <laughs> if the food is poison, you might as well eat it up. All right, guys, I think it's about time we wrap this episode up. Thank you guys so much for listening to our first episode. If you like this, make sure to subscribe. And don't miss out on any of our new episodes. We have a Hobbit Part 2 coming out next week. Now, if you want to help support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash it. The link is in the description. If you select for $5 a month, then you get a donor shout-out. But Matthew, what do you get for $10 a month? For $10 a month, you get a donor shout-out on every episode in that month, plus... A bonus episode every single month. It's a real deal. Isaiah, what about the $20 level? For the $20 a month, you get the shout-out and the extra episode. And every three months, you get one free merchandise item. That's right. And for our big one, for our $50 a month, you get everything in the lower levels. And you get to put, pick a book or a series for us to do in a year within reason, guys. Okay. We're teenagers here. We can't read a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, I guess you could make us read Cat in the Hat, but I don't know why you would do that. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.